Welcome to today's Triple Z. The Triple Z podcast is a daily program that you can use to help you fall asleep each night. Just turn down the volume, lay back, relax, and enjoy as you fall asleep. We saw that our podcast was topping the charts in Canada. So we are going to read their Wikipedia entry. Let's learn about this interesting country in the dullest way possible. If you enjoy our program, please be sure to write us a review on your podcast platform and share us with a friend. You both might sleep just a little better at night. Our website is triple Z, that's three Z's dot media. You can also like and share our content on Facebook or our Instagram account ZZZ Media Podcast. Music for today's episode was provided by the Sleep Channel on Spotify. Canada is a country in North America. Its 10 provinces and 3 territories extend from the Atlantic Ocean to the Pacific Ocean and northward into the Arctic Ocean, covering over 9.98 million square kilometers, 3.85 million square miles, making it the world's second largest country by total area. Its southern and western border with the United States, stretching 8,891 kilometers, 5,525 miles is the world's longest by national land border. Canada's capital is Ottawa and its three largest metropolitan areas are Toronto, Montreal, and Vancouver. Indigenous peoples have continuously inhabited what is now Canada for thousands of years. Beginning in the 16th century, British and French expeditions explored and later settled along the Atlantic coast. As a consequence of various armed conflicts, France ceded nearly all of its colonies in North America in 1763. In 1867, with the union of three British North American colonies through Confederation, Canada was formed as a federal dominion of four provinces. This began an accretion of provinces and territories and a process of increasing autonomy from the United Kingdom, highlighted by the Statute of Westminster, 1931, and culminating in the Canada Act 1982, which severed the vestiges of legal dependence on the Parliament of the United Kingdom. Canada is a parliamentary liberal democracy and a constitutional monarchy in the Westminster tradition. The country's head of government is the Prime Minister, who holds office by virtue of their ability to command the confidence of the elected House of Commons and is called upon by the Governor-General, representing the Monarch of Canada, the head of state. The country is a Commonwealth realm and is officially bilingual, English and French, in the federal jurisdiction. It is very highly ranked in international measurements of government transparency, quality of life, economic competitiveness, innovation, and education. The country has low levels of perceived corruption. It is one of the world's most ethnically diverse and multicultural nations, the product of large-scale immigration. 
Canada's long and complex relationship with the United States has had a significant impact on its history, economy, and culture. A highly developed country, Canada has the 24th highest nominal per capita income globally and the 15th highest ranking on the Human Development Index. Its advanced economy is the 8th largest in the world, relying chiefly upon its abundant natural resources and well-developed international trade networks. Canada is part of several major international and intergovernmental institutions or groupings including the United Nations, NATO, G7, Group of 10, G20, Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, OECD, World Trade Organization, WDO, Commonwealth of Nations, Arctic Council, Organisation Internationale de la Francophonie, Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Forum, and Organisation of American States. While a variety of theories have been postulated for the etymological origins of Canada, the name is now accepted as coming from the ST. Lawrence Iroquoian word Canada, meaning village or settlement. In 1535, indigenous inhabitants of the present-day Quebec City region used the word to direct French explorer Jacques Cartier to the village of Stadacona. Cartier later used the word Canada to refer not only to that particular village, but to the entire area subject to Donnacona, the chief at Stadacona. By 1545, European books and maps had begun referring to this small region along the St. Lawrence River as Canada. From the 16th to the early 18th century, Canada referred to the part of New France that lay along the St. Lawrence River. In 1791, the area became two British colonies called Upper Canada and Lower Canada. These two colonies were collectively named the Canadas until their union as the British Province of Canada in 1841. Upon Confederation in 1867, Canada was adopted as the legal name for the new country at the London Conference and the word Dominion was conferred as the country's title. By the 1950s, the term Dominion of Canada was no longer used by the United Kingdom which considered Canada a realm of the Commonwealth. The government of Louis St. Laurent ended the practice of using Dominion in the Statutes of Canada in 1951. The Canada Act 1982, which brought the Constitution of Canada fully under Canadian control, referred only to Canada. Later that year, the name of the national holiday was changed from Dominion Day to Canada Day. The term Dominion was used to distinguish the federal government from the provinces, though after the Second World War the term federal had replaced Dominion. Indigenous peoples in present-day Canada include the First Nations, Inuit, and Métis, the last being of mixed descent who originated in the mid-17th century when First Nations people married European settlers and subsequently developed their own identity. The first inhabitants of North America are generally hypothesized to have migrated from Siberia by way of the Bering Land Bridge and arrived at least 14,000 years ago. 
The Paleo-Indian archaeological sites at Old Crow Flats and Bluefish Caves are two of the oldest sites of human habitation in Canada. The characteristics of indigenous societies included permanent settlements, agriculture, complex societal hierarchies, and trading networks. Some of these cultures had collapsed by the time European explorers arrived in the late 15th and early 16th centuries and have only been discovered through archaeological investigations. The indigenous population at the time of the first European settlements is estimated to have been between 200,000 and 2 million, with a figure of 500,000 accepted by Canada's Royal Commission on Aboriginal Peoples. As a consequence of European colonization, the indigenous population declined by 40 to 80 percent and several First Nations, such as the Beathak, disappeared. The decline is attributed to several causes, including the transfer of European diseases, such as influenza, measles, and smallpox, to which they had no natural immunity, conflicts over the fur trade, conflicts with the colonial authorities and settlers, and the loss of indigenous lands to settlers and the subsequent collapse of several nations' self-sufficiency. Although not without conflict, European Canadians' early interactions with First Nations and Inuit populations were relatively peaceful. First Nations and Métis peoples played a critical part in the development of European colonies in Canada particularly for their role in assisting European coureurs de bois and voyagers in their explorations of the continent during the North American fur trade. These early European interactions with First Nations would change from friendship and peace treaties to the dispossession of indigenous lands through treaties. From the late 18th century, European Canadians forced indigenous peoples to assimilate into a Western Canadian society. These attempts reached a climax in the late 19th and early 20th centuries with forced integration and relocations. A period of redress is underway, which started with the formation of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission of Canada by the Government of Canada in 2008. This includes recognition of past colonial injustices and settlement agreements and betterment of racial discrimination issues, such as addressing the play of missing and murdered Indigenous women. It is believed that the first European to explore the east coast of Canada was Norse explorer Leif Erikson. In approximately 1000 AD, the Norse built a small short-lived encampment that was occupied sporadically for perhaps 20 years at Lance Aux Meadows on the northern tip of Newfoundland. No further European exploration occurred until 1497 when Italian seafarer John Cabot explored and claimed Canada's Atlantic coast in the name of King Henry VII of England. In 1534, French explorer Jacques Cartier explored the Gulf of St. Lawrence where, on July 24, he planted a 10-metre cross bearing the words, Long live the King of France and took possession of the territory New France in the name of King Francis I. 
the early 16th century saw European mariners with navigational techniques pioneered by the Basque and Portuguese establish seasonal whaling and fishing outposts along the Atlantic coast. In general, early settlements during the Age of Discovery appear to have been short-lived due to a combination of the harsh climate, problems with navigating trade routes and competing outputs in Scandinavia. In 1583, Sir Humphrey Gilbert, by the royal prerogative of Queen Elizabeth I, founded St. John's, Newfoundland, as the first North American English seasonal camp. In 1600, the French established their first seasonal trading post at Tadoussac along the St. Lawrence. French explorer Samuel de Champlain arrived in 1603 and established the first permanent year-round European settlements at Port Royal in 1605 and Quebec City in 1608. Among the colonists of New France, Canadians extensively settled the St. Lawrence River Valley and Acadians settled the present-day Maritimes, while fur traders and Catholic missionaries explored the Great Lakes Hudson Bay, and the Mississippi watershed to Louisiana. The Beaver Wars broke out in the mid-17th century over control of the North American fur trade. The English established additional settlements in Newfoundland in 1610 along with settlements in the 13 colonies to the south. A series of four wars erupted in colonial North America between 1689 and 1763. The later wars of the period constituted the North American theater of the Seven Years' War. Mainland Nova Scotia came under British rule with the 1713 Treaty of Utrecht and Canada and most of New France came under British rule in 1763 after the Seven Years' War. The Royal Proclamation of 1763 established First Nation Treaty rights, created the province of Quebec out of New France, and annexed Cape Breton Island to Nova Scotia. St. John's Island, now Prince Edward Island, became a separate colony in 1769. To avert conflict in Quebec, the British Parliament passed the Quebec Act 1774 expanding Quebec's territory to the Great Lakes and Ohio Valley. More importantly, the Quebec Act afforded Quebec special autonomy and rights of self-administration at a time when the 13 colonies were increasingly agitating against British rule. It re-established the French language, Catholic faith, and French civil law there staving off the growth of an independence movement in contrast to the 13 colonies. The proclamation and the Quebec Act in turn angered many residents of the 13 colonies, further fueling anti-British sentiment in the years prior to the American Revolution. After the successful American War of Independence, the 1783 Treaty of Paris recognized the independence of the newly formed United States and set the terms of peace, ceding British North American territories south of the Great Lakes and east of the Mississippi River to the new country. The American War of Independence also caused a large outmigration of Loyalists, the settlers who had fought against American independence. Many moved to Canada 
particularly Atlantic Canada, where their arrival changed the demographic distribution of the existing territories. New Brunswick was in turn split from Nova Scotia as part of a reorganization of Loyalist settlements in the Maritimes, which led to the incorporation of St. John, New Brunswick, as Canada's first city. To accommodate the influx of English-speaking Loyalists in central Canada, the Constitutional Act of 1791 divided the province of Canada into French-speaking Lower Canada, later Quebec, and English-speaking Upper Canada, later Ontario, granting each its own elected legislative assembly. The Canadas were the main front in the War of 1812 between the United States and the United Kingdom. Peace came in 1815, no boundaries were changed. Immigration resumed at a higher level with over 960,000 arrivals from Britain between 1815 and 1850. New arrivals included refugees escaping the Great Irish Famine as well as Gaelic-speaking Scots displaced by the Highland Clearances. Infectious diseases killed between 25 and 33 percent of Europeans who immigrated to Canada before 1891. The desire for responsible government resulted in the abortive rebellions of 1837. The Durham Report subsequently recommended responsible government and the assimilation of French Canadians into English culture. The Act of Union 1840 merged the Canadas into a united province of Canada and responsible government was established for all provinces of British North America east of Lake Superior by 1855. The signing of the Oregon Treaty by Britain and the United States in 1846 ended the Oregon boundary dispute, extending the border westward along the 49th parallel. This paved the way for British colonies on Vancouver Island, 1849, and in British Columbia, 1858. The Anglo-Russian Treaty of St. Petersburg, 1825, established the border along the Pacific coast, but even after the U.S.-Alaska Purchase of 1867, disputes continued about the exact demarcation of the Alaska-Yukon and Alaska-BC border. Following three constitutional conferences, the British North America Act 1867 officially proclaimed Canadian Confederation on July 1, 1867, initially with four provinces, Ontario, Quebec, Nova Scotia, and New Brunswick. Canada assumed control of Rupert's Land and the Northwestern Territory to form the Northwest Territories where the Métis grievances ignited the Red River Rebellion and the creation of the province of Manitoba in July 1870. British Columbia and Vancouver Island, which had been united in 1866, joined the Confederation in 1871 on the promise of a transcontinental railway extending to Victoria in the province within 10 years, while Prince Edward Island joined in 1873. In 1898, during the Klondike Gold Rush in the Northwest Territories, Parliament created the Yukon Territory. Alberta and Saskatchewan became provinces in 1905. 
Between 1871 and 1896, almost one quarter of the Canadian population emigrated south to the U.S. To open the West and encourage European immigration, the Government of Canada sponsored the construction of three transcontinental railways, including the Canadian Pacific Railway, passed the Dominion Lands Act to regulate settlement and established the Northwest Mounted Police to assert authority over the territory. This period of westward expansion and nation-building resulted in the displacement of many indigenous peoples of the Canadian prairies to Indian reserves, clearing the way for ethnic European bloc settlements. This caused the collapse of the Plains Bison in Western Canada and the introduction of European cattle farms and wheat fields dominating the land. The indigenous peoples saw widespread famine and disease due to the loss of the bison and their traditional hunting lands. The federal government did provide emergency relief on condition of the indigenous peoples moving to the reserves. During this time, Canada introduced the Indian Act extending its control over the First Nations to education, government and legal rights. Because Britain still maintained control of Canada's foreign affairs under the British North America Act 1867, its declaration of war in 1914 automatically brought Canada into the First World War. Volunteers sent to the Western Front later became part of the Canadian Corps, which played a substantial role in the Battle of Vimy Ridge and other major engagements of the war. Out of approximately 625,000 Canadians who served in World War I, some 60,000 were killed and another 172,000 were wounded. The conscription crisis of 1917 erupted when the Unionist Cabinet's proposal to augment the military's dwindling number of active members with conscription was met with vehement objections from French-speaking Quebecers. The Military Service Act brought in compulsory military service, though it, coupled with disputes over French-language schools outside Quebec, deeply alienated Francophone Canadians and temporarily split the Liberal Party. In 1919, Canada joined the League of Nations independently of Britain and the Statute of Westminster 1931 affirmed Canada's independence. The Great Depression in Canada during the early 1930s saw an economic downturn leading to hardship across the country. In response to the downturn, the Cooperative Commonwealth Federation CCF, in Saskatchewan introduced many elements of a welfare state as pioneered by Tommy Douglas in the 1940s and 1950s. On the advice of Prime Minister William Lyon Mackenzie King, war with Germany was declared effective September 10, 1939 by King George VI, seven days after the United Kingdom. The delay underscored Canada's independence. The first Canadian Army units arrived in Britain in December 1939. In all, over a million Canadians served in the armed forces during the Second World War and approximately 42,000 were killed and another 55,000 were wounded. 
Canadian troops played important roles in many key battles of the war, including the failed 1942 Dieppe raid, the Allied invasion of Italy, the Normandy landings, the Battle of Normandy, and the Battle of the Skelt in 1944. Canada provided asylum for the Dutch monarchy while that country was occupied and is credited by the Netherlands for major contributions to its liberation from Nazi Germany. The Canadian economy boomed during the war as its industries manufactured military material for Canada, Britain, China, and the Soviet Union. Despite another conscription crisis in Quebec in 1944, Canada finished the war with a large army and strong economy. The financial crisis of the Great Depression had led the Dominion of Newfoundland to relinquish responsible government in 1934 and become a crown colony ruled by a British governor. After two referendums, Newfoundlanders voted to join Canada in 1949 as a province. Canada's post-war economic growth combined with the policies of successive liberal governments led to the emergence of a new Canadian identity marked by the adoption of the Maple Leaf Flag in 1965, the implementation of official bilingualism English and French in 1969, and the institution of official multiculturalism in 1971. Socially democratic programs were also instituted, such as Medicare, the Canada Pension Plan, and Canada Student Loans, though provincial governments, particularly Quebec and Alberta, opposed many of these as incursions into their jurisdictions. Finally, another series of constitutional conferences resulted in the Canada Act 1982, the patriation of Canada's constitution from the United Kingdom, concurrent with the creation of the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Canada had established complete sovereignty as an independent country under its own monarchy. In 1999, Nunavut became Canada's third territory after a series of negotiations with the federal government. At the same time, Quebec underwent profound social and economic changes through the quiet revolution of the 1960s, giving birth to a secular nationalist movement. The Radical Front de Liberation du Quebec FLQ, ignited the October crisis with a series of bombings and kidnappings in 1970 and the Sovereignist Part 1 Québécois was elected in 1976, organizing an unsuccessful referendum on Sovereignty Association in 1980. Attempts to accommodate Quebec nationalism constitutionally through the Meech Lake Accord failed in 1990. This led to the formation of the Bloc Québécois in Quebec and the invigoration of the Reform Party of Canada in the West. A second referendum followed in 1995, in which sovereignty was rejected by a slimmer margin of 50.6 to 49.4%. In 1997, the Supreme Court ruled unilateral secession by a province would be unconstitutional and the Clarity Act was passed by Parliament outlining the terms of a negotiated departure from Confederation. In addition to the issues of Quebec sovereignty, 
A number of crises shook Canadian society in the late 1980s and early 1990s. These included the explosion of Air India Flight 182 in 1985, the largest mass murder in Canadian history, the Ecall Polytechnic Massacre in 1989, a university shooting targeting female students, and the Oka Crisis of 1990, the first of a number of violent confrontations between the government and indigenous groups. Canada also joined the Gulf War in 1990 as part of a United States-led coalition force and was active in several peacekeeping missions in the 1990s, including the Unperform mission in the former Yugoslavia. Canada sent troops to Afghanistan in 2001 but declined to join the United States-led invasion of Iraq in 2003. In 2011, Canadian forces participated in the NATO-led intervention into the Libyan civil war and also became involved in battling the Islamic State insurgency in Iraq in the mid-2010s. The country celebrated its sesquicentennial in 2017, three years before the COVID-19 pandemic in Canada began on January 27, 2020, with widespread social and economic disruption. In 2021, the possible remains of hundreds of Indigenous people were discovered near the former sites of Canadian Indian residential schools. Administered by the Canadian Catholic Church and funded by the Canadian government from 1828 to 1997, these boarding schools attempted to assimilate Indigenous children into Euro-Canadian culture. By total area, including its waters, Canada is the second largest country in the world, after Russia. By land area alone, Canada ranks fourth due to having the world's largest area of freshwater lakes. Stretching from the Atlantic Ocean in the east, along the Arctic Ocean to the north, and to the Pacific Ocean in the west, the country encompasses 9,984,670 square kilometers, 3,855,100 square miles of territory. Canada also has vast maritime terrain, with the world's longest coastline of 243,042 kilometers, 151,019 miles. In addition to sharing the world's largest land border with the United States, spanning 8,891 kilometers, 5,525 miles, Canada shares a land border with Greenland and hence the Kingdom of Denmark to the northeast on Hans Island and a maritime boundary with France's overseas collectivity of St. Pierre and Miquelon to the southeast. Canada is also home to the world's northernmost settlement, Canadian Forces Station Alert, on the northern tip of Ellesmere Island, latitude 82.5 degrees north, which lies 817 kilometers, 508 miles, from the North Pole. Canada can be divided into seven physiographic regions, the Canadian Shield, the Interior Plains, the Great Lakes ST, Lawrence Lowlands, the Appalachian Region, the Western Cordillera, Hudson Bay Lowlands, and the Arctic Archipelago. 
Boreal forests prevail throughout the country, ice is prominent in northern Arctic regions and through the Rocky Mountains, and the relatively flat Canadian prairies in the southwest facilitate productive agriculture. The Great Lakes feed the ST. Lawrence River, in the southeast, where the lowlands host much of Canada's economic output. Canada has over 2 million lakes, 563 of which are larger than 100 square kilometers, 39 square miles, containing much of the world's fresh water. There are also freshwater glaciers in the Canadian Rockies, the Coast Mountains, and the Arctic Cordillera. Canada is geologically active, having many earthquakes and potentially active volcanoes, notably Mount Meagher Massif, Mount Garibaldi, Mount Cayley, and the mounted size of volcanic complex. Average winter and summer high temperatures across Canada vary from region to region. Winters can be harsh in many parts of the country, particularly in the interior and prairie provinces, which experience a continental climate where daily average temperatures are near minus 15 degrees Celsius 5 degrees Fahrenheit, but can drop below minus 40 degrees Celsius minus 40 degrees Fahrenheit with severe wind chills. In non-coastal regions, snow can cover the ground for almost six months of the year, while in parts of the north snow can persist year-round. Coastal British Columbia has a temperate climate with a mild and rainy winter. On the east and west coasts, average high temperatures are generally in the low 20s degrees C, 70s degree F, while between the coasts, the average summer high temperature ranges from 25 to 30 degrees Celsius, 77 to 86 degrees Fahrenheit, with temperatures in some interior locations occasionally exceeding 40 degrees Celsius, 104 degrees Fahrenheit. Much of northern Canada is covered by ice and permafrost. The future of the permafrost is uncertain because the Arctic has been warming at three times the global average as a result of climate change in Canada. Canada's annual average temperature over land has risen by 1.7 degrees Celsius 3.1 degrees Fahrenheit, with changes ranging from 1.1 to 2.3 degrees Celsius 2.0 to 4.1 degrees Fahrenheit in various regions since 1948. Canada has over 2 million lakes, 563 of which are larger than 100 square kilometers, 39 square miles, containing much of the world's fresh water. The rate of warming has been higher across the north and in the prairies. In the southern regions of Canada, air pollution from both Canada and the United States, caused by metal smelting, burning coal to power utilities, and vehicle emissions, has resulted in acid rain, which has severely impacted waterways, forest growth, and agricultural productivity in Canada. Canada is divided into 15 terrestrial and 5 marine ecozones. These ecozones encompass over 80,000 classified species of Canadian wildlife, with an equal number yet to be formally recognized or discovered. Although Canada has a low percentage of endemic species compared to other countries, 
due to human activities, invasive species, and environmental issues in the country, there are currently more than 800 species at risk of being lost. About 65% of Canada's resident species are considered secure. Over half of Canada's landscape is intact and relatively free of human development. The boreal forest of Canada is considered to be the largest intact forest on Earth, with approximately 3 million square kilometers, 1,200,000 square miles, undisturbed by roads, cities, or industry. Since the end of the last glacial period, Canada has consisted of eight distinct forest regions, with 42% of its land area covered by forests, approximately 8% of the world's forested land. Approximately 12.1% of the nation's landmass and freshwater are conservation areas, including 11.4% designated as protected areas. Approximately 13.8% of its territorial waters are conserved, including 8.9% designated as protected areas. Canada's first national park, Banff National Park established in 1885, spans 6,641 square kilometers, 2,564 square miles of mountainous terrain with many glaciers and ice fields dense coniferous forest, and alpine landscapes. Canada's oldest provincial park, Algonquin Provincial Park, established in 1893, covers an area of 7,653.45 square kilometers, 2,955.01 square miles. It is dominated by old-growth forest with over 2,400 lakes and 1,200 kilometers of streams and rivers. Lake Superior National Marine Conservation Area is the world's largest freshwater protected area, spanning roughly 10,000 square kilometers, 3,900 square miles of lake bed, its overlaying freshwater and associated shoreline on 60 square kilometers 23 square miles of islands and mainland. Canada's largest national wildlife region is the Scott Islands Marine National Wildlife Area, which spans 11,570.65 square kilometers, 4,467.45 square miles, and protects critical breeding and nesting habitat for over 40% of British Columbia's seabirds. Canada's 18 UNESCO Biosphere Reserves cover a total area of 235,000 square kilometers, 91,000 square miles. Canada is described as a full democracy with a tradition of liberalism and an egalitarian, moderate political ideology. An emphasis on social justice has been a distinguishing element of Canada's political culture. Peace, order, and good government, alongside an implied Bill of Rights, are founding principles of the Canadian government. In the federal domain, Canada has been dominated by two relatively centrist parties practicing brokerage politics, the centre-left-leaning Liberal Party of Canada and the centre-right-leaning Conservative Party of Canada, or its predecessors. 
five parties had representatives elected to the parliament in the 2021 election, the Liberals, who formed a minority government, the Conservatives, who became the official opposition, the New Democratic Party, occupying the left, the Bloc Québécois, and the Green Party of Canada. Far-right and far-left politics have never been a prominent force in Canadian society. Canada has a parliamentary system within the context of a constitutional monarchy, the monarchy of Canada being the foundation of the executive, legislative, and judicial branches. The reigning monarch is also monarch of 14 other Commonwealth countries, though all are sovereign of one another and each of Canada's 10 provinces. To carry out most of their federal royal duties in Canada, the monarch appoints a representative, the Governor-General, on the advice of the Prime Minister. The monarchy is the source of sovereignty and authority in Canada. However, while the Governor-General or monarch may exercise their power without ministerial advice in certain rare, crisis situations, the use of the executive powers or royal prerogative is otherwise always directed by the cabinet, a committee of ministers of the crown responsible to the elected House of Commons and chosen and headed by the Prime Minister, the head of government. To ensure the stability of government, the Governor-General will usually appoint as Prime Minister the individual who is the current leader of the political party that can obtain the confidence of a majority of members in the House of Commons. The Prime Minister's office, PMO, is thus one of the most powerful institutions in government, initiating most legislation for parliamentary approval and selecting for appointment by the Crown, besides the aforementioned, the Governor-General, Lieutenant Governors, Senators, Federal Court Judges, and Heads of Crown Corporations and Government Agencies. The leader of the party with the second most seats usually becomes the leader of the official opposition and is part of an adversarial parliamentary system intended to keep the government in check. The Parliament of Canada passes all statute laws within the federal sphere. It comprises the Monarch, the House of Commons, and the Senate. While Canada inherited the British concept of parliamentary supremacy, this was later, with the enactment of the Constitution Act, 1982, all but completely superseded by the American notion of the supremacy of the law. Each of the 338 members of Parliament in the House of Commons is elected by simple plurality in an electoral district or riding. The Constitution Act, 1982, requires that no more than five years pass between elections, although the Canada Elections Act limits this to four years with a fixed election date in October. General elections still must be called by the Governor-General and can be triggered by either the advice of the Prime Minister or a lost confidence vote in the House. The 105 members of the Senate, whose seats are apportioned on a regional basis, serve until age 75. Canadian federalism divides government responsibilities between the federal government and the 10 provinces. 
provincial legislatures are unicameral and operate in parliamentary fashion similar to the House of Commons. Canada's three territories also have legislatures, but these are not sovereign and have fewer constitutional responsibilities than the provinces. The territorial legislatures also differ structurally from their provincial counterparts. The Bank of Canada is the central bank of the country. The Minister of Finance and Minister of Innovation, Science and Industry use the Statistics Canada Agency for financial planning and economic policy development. The Bank of Canada is the sole authority authorized to issue currency in the form of Canadian banknotes. The bank does not issue Canadian coins, they are issued by the Royal Canadian Mint. The Constitution of Canada is the supreme law of the country and consists of written text and unwritten conventions. The Constitution Act 1867, known as the British North America Act 1867 prior to 1982, affirmed governance based on parliamentary precedent and divided powers between the federal and provincial governments. The Statute of Westminster, 1931, granted full autonomy, and the Constitution Act, 1982, ended all legislative ties to Britain, as well as adding a constitutional amending formula and the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. The Charter guarantees basic rights and freedoms that usually cannot be overridden by any government, though a notwithstanding clause allows Parliament and the provincial legislatures to override certain sections of the Charter for a period of five years. Canada's judiciary plays an important role in interpreting laws and has the power to strike down acts of Parliament that violate the Constitution. The Supreme Court of Canada is the highest court, final arbiter, and has been led since December 18, 2017, by Richard Wagner, the Chief Justice of Canada. The Governor-General appoints the Court's nine members on the advice of the Prime Minister and Minister of Justice. All judges at the superior and appellate levels are appointed after consultation with non-governmental legal bodies. The Federal Cabinet also appoints justices to superior courts in the provincial and territorial jurisdictions. Common law prevails everywhere, except in Quebec, where civil law predominates. Criminal law is solely a federal responsibility and is uniform throughout Canada. Law enforcement, including criminal courts, is officially a provincial responsibility conducted by provincial and municipal police forces. In most rural and some urban areas, policing responsibilities are contracted to the Federal Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Canadian Aboriginal law provides certain constitutionally recognized rights to land and traditional practices for Indigenous groups in Canada. Various treaties and case laws were established to mediate relations between Europeans and many Indigenous peoples. Most notably, a series of 11 treaties, known as the Numbered Treaties, 
were signed between the indigenous peoples and the reigning monarch of Canada between 1871 and 1921. These treaties are agreements between the Canadian Crown and Council with the duty to consult and accommodate. The role of Aboriginal law and the rights they support were reaffirmed by Section 35 of the Constitution Act, 1982. These rights may include provision of services such as healthcare through the Indian Health Transfer Policy and exemption from taxation. Canada is recognized as a middle power for its role in international affairs with a tendency to pursue multilateral solutions. Canada's foreign policy based on international peacekeeping and security is carried out through coalitions, international organizations, and the work of numerous federal institutions. Canada's peacekeeping role during the 20th century has played a major role in its global image. The strategy of the Canadian government's foreign aid policy reflects an emphasis to meet the Millennium Development Goals while also providing assistance in response to foreign humanitarian crises. Canada was a founding member of the United Nations and has membership in the World Trade Organization, the G20, and the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, OECD. Canada is also a member of various other international and regional organizations and forums for economic and cultural affairs. Canada acceded to the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights in 1976. Canada joined the Organization of American States OAS, in 1990 and hosted the OAS General Assembly in 2000 and the Third Summit of the Americas in 2001. Canada seeks to expand its ties to Pacific Rim economies through membership in the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Forum APEC. Canada and the United States share the world's longest undefended border, cooperate on military campaigns and exercises, and are each other's largest trading partner. Canada nevertheless has an independent foreign policy. For example, it maintains full relations with Cuba and declined to participate in the 2003 invasion of Iraq. Canada maintains historic ties to the United Kingdom and France and to other former British and French colonies through Canada's membership in the Commonwealth of Nations and the Organisation Internationale de la Francophonie. Canada is noted for having a positive relationship with the Netherlands owing, in part, to its contribution to the Dutch liberation during World War II. Canada's earlier strong attachment to the British Empire and, later, the Commonwealth led to major participation in British military efforts in the Second Boer War 1899-1902, First World War 1914-1918, and Second World War 1939-1945. Since then, Canada has been an advocate for multilateralism, making efforts to resolve global issues in collaboration with other nations. During the Cold War, Canada was a major contributor to UN forces in the Korean War and founded the North American Aerospace Defense Command 
NORAD, in cooperation with the United States, to defend against potential aerial attacks from the Soviet Union. During the Suez Crisis of 1956, future Prime Minister Lester B. Pearson eased tensions by proposing the inception of the United Nations Peacekeeping Force, for which he was awarded the 1957 Nobel Peace Prize. As this was the first UN peacekeeping mission, Pearson is often credited as the inventor of the concept. Canada has since served in over 50 peacekeeping missions, including every UN peacekeeping effort until 1989, and has since maintained forces in international missions in Rwanda, the former Yugoslavia, and elsewhere. Canada has sometimes faced controversy over its involvement in foreign countries, notably in the 1993 Somalia affair. In 2001, Canada deployed troops to Afghanistan as part of the U.S. Stabilization Force and the UN-authorized NATO-led International Security Assistance Force. In August 2007, Canada's territorial claims in the Arctic were challenged after a Russian underwater expedition to the North Pole. Canada has considered that area to be sovereign territory since 1925. The Unified Canadian Forces CF, comprised the Royal Canadian Navy, Canadian Army, and Royal Canadian Air Force. The nation employs a professional, volunteer force of approximately 68,000 active personnel and 27,000 reserve personnel, increasing to 71,530,000 respectively under strong, secure, engaged, with a subcomponent of approximately 5,000 Canadian Rangers. In 2021, Canada's military expenditure totaled approximately $26.4 billion or around 1.3% of the country's gross domestic product GDP. Canada's total military expenditure is expected to reach $32.7 billion by 2027. Canada's military currently has over 3,000 personnel deployed overseas in multiple operations such as Operation Snow Goose in Cyprus, Operation Unifier supporting Ukraine, Operation Caribbean in the Caribbean Sea, and Operation Impact, a coalition for the military intervention against ISIL.